I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Ezekiel chapters 16 and 17. Chapter 16 of Ezekiel is all about Jerusalem, and we see here when God made something out of nothing in verses 1 through 14. Verse 1. Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, and say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. And thou for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee. Thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. None I pitieth thee to do any of those things unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in the open field to the loathing of thy person in the day thou wast born. And when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased and waxen great, and thou art come to excellent ornaments. Thy breasts are fashioned, and thine hair is grown, whereas thou wast naked and bare. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee, and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with badger skins, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck. And I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thine ears, and a beautiful crown upon thy head. Thus wast thou decked with gold and silver, and thy raiment was of fine linen, and silk, and broidered work. Thou didst eat fine flour, and honey, and oil. Thou wast exceeding beautiful, and thou didst prosper into a kingdom." And thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness, which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. We've seen the prophets use a lot of metaphors, but this one had to have angered, to put it mildly, the audience of this prophecy. Ezekiel paints Jerusalem as a prostitute. It's a recurring image of Israel going after other gods in the Old Testament. It was that of a prostitute, spiritually speaking. He uses two Hebrew words, translated whore and whoredom, fornication, harlot. He used those words 16 times in this chapter to describe Judah's lack of faithfulness to God. This prophecy by Ezekiel here deserves an award. Let's call it the Most Outrageous Prophecy Award. It was a prophecy obviously intended to make the point once and for all, a point that these Jewish exiles had refused to see up to this time. And what was that point? Here it is that the inhabitants of Jerusalem were more wicked than a prostitute because of their infidelity in serving the one true God. Ezekiel makes some rather interesting and inflammatory opening remarks about Jerusalem in this prophecy. He points out that Jerusalem is not even of Jewish origin. 
Jerusalem is pictured by Ezekiel as a neglected, left-for-dead baby who was rescued and nurtured by God to a position of glory in verses 1-14. through You'll recall that David, during his reign, went into Jerusalem and took it from the Jebusites. We find that account in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Ezekiel attributes the founding of Jerusalem to the Amorites and Hittites, Canaan's inhabitants at the time, including those people who were the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They were idolatrous and they were polytheistic. However, after David took Jerusalem from Canaanite control, it became the habitation of God, inasmuch as the temple of God was right there in Jerusalem. Look at how this special relationship was between God and Jerusalem in Psalm 132, verses 13 through 17. Verse 13, For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever, here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision, I will satisfy her poor with bread, I will also clothe her priest with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Then we come to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 15. God's case against Jerusalem. Verse 15. But thou didst trust in thine own beauty, and played the harlot because of thy renown, and poured out thy fornication on every one that passed by. His it was. And of thy garment thou didst take, and deckest thy places with divers colors, and played the harlot, Thereupon, the like things shall not come, neither shall it be so. Thou hast also taken thy fair jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I had given thee, and made to thyself images of men, and did commit a whoredom with them, and tookest thy broidered garments, and covers them, and thou hast set mine oil and mine incense before them. My meat also, which I gave thee, fine flour and oil and honey, wherewith I fed thee, Thou hast even set it before them for a sweet savour, and thus it was, saith the Lord God. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne to me, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is this of thy whoredom a small matter? Thou hast slain my children, and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them. And in all thy abominations and thy whoredoms, thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, when thou wast naked and bare and wast polluted in thy blood. And it came to pass after all thy wickedness. Woe, woe unto thee, saith the Lord God, that thou hast also built unto these an eminent place, and hast made thee an high place in every street. Thou hast built thy high place at every head of the way, and has made thy beauty to be abhorred, and hast opened thy feet to every one that passed by, and multiplied thy whoredoms. Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, great of flesh, and hath increased thy whoredoms to provoke me to anger. Behold, therefore, I have stretched out my hand over thee, and have diminished thine ordinary food, and delivered thee into the will of them that hate thee, the daughters of the Philistines, which are ashamed of thy lewd way. Thou hast played the whore also with the Assyrians, because thou wast insatiable. Yea, thou hast played the harlot with them, and yet couldst not be satisfied. Thou hast moreover multiplied thy fornication in the land of Canaan to Chaldea, and yet thou wast not satisfied herewith. How weak is thine heart, saith the Lord God, seeing thou doest all these things, the work of an imperious, whorish woman. And that thou buildest thine eminent place in the head of every way, and makest thine high place in every street, and hast not been as an harlot, in that thou scornest higher. 
But as a wife that committeth adultery, which taketh strangers instead of her husband, they gave gifts to all whores, but thou givest thy gifts to all thy lovers, and hirest them, that they may come unto thee on every side for thy whoredom. And the contrary is in thee from other women in thy whoredoms, whereas none followeth thee to commit whoredoms, and in that thou givest a reward, and no reward is given unto thee. Therefore thou art contrary. Then Jerusalem's sin is outlined here, and here it is, spiritual adultery. No, actually worse than that. Much worse than that. Ezekiel points out that it wasn't just a one-time slip-up in Jerusalem who went after other gods, false gods, but a continual blatant pattern of spiritual adultery, just like a prostitute. Many occasions, many, many occasions with many, many false gods. Notice verses 20 and 21. Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne unto me, and these hast thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. Is this of thy whoredoms a small matter, that thou hast slain my children to deliver them, to cause them to pass through the fire for them? Over the years, Jerusalem had offered her children in sacrifice to these idols, as was common in the worship of the pagan deity Moloch, under King Ahaz, we see it in Second Kings chapter 16, verse 3. And in the reign of King Manasseh, we see it in Second Kings chapter 21, verse 6. King Josiah tore these altars down in Second Kings chapter 23, verse 10. But back in Jeremiah, we see the same issues being addressed in Jeremiah 32, verse 35. And it says there, And they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire unto Moloch, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. So you see, this was absolutely contrary to the Mosaic Covenant. We see that clearly in Leviticus 18.21. This pagan god Moloch gets special attention in Leviticus chapter 20 verses 1 through 8 and the forbidden practice of human sacrifice in Deuteronomy 12.31. It should be noted, however, that tolerance for Moloch goes all the way back to Solomon, who allowed some of his pagan wives to build an altar to Moloch right there on the temple grounds. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1-8. through 8. Although we have no reason to believe that human sacrifice on that altar was tolerated during Solomon's reign, nonetheless, the, the altar was there. From the description seen in Verses 22 through 25, it would appear that Jerusalem had become a center for pagan worship, with a high place in every street, as it says in that passage. This point is again emphasized in verse 31. Notice the client list with whom Jerusalem had been committing this act of spiritual prostitution. Egypt in verse 26, the Philistines in verse 27, the Assyrians in verse 28, and the Chaldeans or the Babylonians in verse 29. Once regarded as heathens by the Hebrews with all their false gods, this prophecy is an indictment against Jerusalem, who has been themselves embracing the very same false gods. Ezekiel then emphasizes that this pagan worship was a lifestyle with the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Their spiritual prostitution now characterized that city, Jerusalem, and its people. That brings us to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 35, God's judgment against Jerusalem. 
Wherefore, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, because thy filthiness was poured out and thy nakedness discovered through the whoredoms with thy lovers and with all the idols of thy abominations and by the blood of thy children which thou didst give unto them. Behold, therefore, I will gather all thy lovers with whom thou hast taken pleasure and all them that hast loved with all them that thou hast hated. And I will even gather them round about against thee and I will discover thy nakedness unto them that they may see all thy nakedness. And I will judge thee as women that break wedlock and shed blood are judged. And I will give thee blood and fury and jealousy. And I will also give thee into their hand and they shall throw down thine eminent place and shall break down thy high places. They shall strip thee also of thy clothes and shall take thy fair jewels and leave thee naked and bare. They shall also bring up a company against thee and they shall stone thee with stones and thrust thee through with their swords. And they shall burn thine houses with fire and execute judgments upon thee in the sight of many women. And I will cause thee to fear to cease from playing the harlot. And thou shalt also give no hire any more. So I will make my fury toward thee to rest and my jealousy shall depart from thee. And I will be quiet and will be no more angry. Because thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, but thou hast fretted me in all these things. Behold, therefore, I also will recompense thy way of on thine head, saith the Lord God, and thou shalt not commit this lewdness above all thine abominations. Here's the warning that God gives to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, your very client list of spiritual whoremongers will be coming to destroy you. That's in verses 35 through 43. As the Babylonians gathered fighting men from their conquered territories, the very people from whom Jerusalem had adopted their practices of pagan worship would come to destroy Jerusalem. Jerusalem's demise at the hands of the Babylonian army came in 586 B.C. We find it recorded in 2 Kings 24. Then we find in chapter 35, beginning with verse 44, that Jerusalem is compared to Sodom, and it's also compared to Samaria, who had fallen some 135 years earlier. Verse 44, Behold, every one that useth proverbs shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is her daughter. Thou art thy mother's daughter, and loatheth her husband and her children. And thou art the sister of thy sisters, which loathe their husband and their children. Your mother was an Hittite, and your father an Amorite. And thine elder sister is Samaria, she and her daughters that dwell at thy left hand. And thy younger sister that dwelleth at thy right hand is Sodom and her daughters. Yet, Hast thou not walked after their ways, nor done after their abominations, but as if it were that a very little thing, thou wast corrupted more than they in all thy ways. As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done, she nor her daughters, as thou hast done, thou and thy daughters. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Neither hath Samaria committed half of thy sins. But thou hast multiplied thine abominations more than they. And hast justified thy sister in all thine abominations which thou hast done. Thou also which hast judged thy sisters bear thine own shame for thy sins and that thou hast committed more abominable than they. They are more righteous than thou. 
Yea, be thou confounded also, and bear thy name, in that thou hast justified thy sisters. When I shall bring again their captivity, the captivity of Sodom and her daughters, and the captivity of Samaria and her daughters, then will I bring again the captivity of thy captives in the midst of them. That thou mayest bear thine own shame, that thou mayest be confounded in all that thou hast done, and that thou art a comfort unto them. When thy sisters, Sodom and her daughters, shall return to their former estate, and Samaria and her daughters shall return to their former estate, then thou and thy daughters shall return to your former estate. For thy sister Sodom was not mentioned by thy mouth in the day of thy pride. Before thy wickedness was discovered, as at the time of the reproach of the daughters of Syria, and all that are round about her, the daughters of the Philistines, which despise thee round about. Thou hast borne thy lewdness and thine abominations, saith the Lord. Well, down through verse 58 here, we see that the people will view Jerusalem with the same disdain that the citizens of Jerusalem had always viewed Sodom or Samaria. Both of them pictured here as sisters of Jerusalem. Samaria was the seat of the northern kingdom of Israel, which had collapsed in 721 B.C. at the hands of the Assyrians back in 2 Kings chapter 17. After Solomon's reign, Israel split into two kingdoms. We see that in 1 Kings 12. There was the uh, northern kingdom, and that was called Samaria, sometimes referred to as Ephraim in prophecies. And then there was the southern kingdom called Judah, or sometimes Jerusalem. The northern kingdom never... I mean, never served Jehovah, the one true God. From their beginning, they served false gods. The inhabitants of the southern kingdom always looked down upon the pagan god worshippers of the northern kingdom. The ultimate insult here is to be compared to Sodom. Nearly everyone knows the wicked story of Sodom's sin. Sodom was destroyed in Genesis chapter 19. It's one thing for Ezekiel's prophecy to compare the sin of Jerusalem's spiritual harlotry to that of the northern kingdom, but to be compared to the wickedness of Sodom? Wow, that had to have inflamed the ears of those who heard this prophecy. That brings us to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 59. We see a new covenant between God and Jerusalem. Verse 59, For thus saith the Lord God, I will even deal with thee as thou hast done, which has despised the oath in breaking the covenant. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth, and I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. Then thou shalt remember thy ways and be ashamed, when thou shalt receive thy sisters, thine elder and thy younger, and I will give them unto thee for daughters, but not by thy covenant. And I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord." that thou mayest remember and be confounded and never open thy mouth any more because of thy shame, when I am pacified toward thee for all that thou hast done, saith the Lord God. Ezekiel tops off this long prophecy of 63 verses by beginning in verse 59 with a reminder that God will honor his covenant to his people. Jerusalem will one day be restored to its previous glory, and that's going to be when the Messiah comes. In verse 60, God says, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth. That's a reference to the covenant that God made with David regarding the everlasting nature of the Davidic covenant. For more information on that, I've written an article that's on the main page of BibleTrack.org in the center, and the article is titled, The Davidic Covenant. 
The future covenant that God will make with Jerusalem and all of Israel is seen in the remainder of verse 60 down through verse 63. That covenant is the new covenant prophesied by Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The Davidic covenant will be fulfilled by the terms of the new covenant that God will make with Israel and Judah at that time. In Ezekiel chapter 17, we find a little riddle by Ezekiel, beginning with verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, put forth a riddle, and speak a parable unto the house of Israel. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, A great eagle with great wings, long-winged, full of feathers, which had diverse colors, came into Lebanon, and took the highest branch of the cedar. He cropped off the top of his young twigs, and carried it into the land of traffic. He set it in the city of merchants. He took also of the seed of the land and planted it in a fruitful field. He placed it by great waters and set it as a willow tree. And it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature, whose branches turned toward him and the roots thereof were under him. So it became a vine and brought forth branches and shot forth sprigs. There was also another great eagle with great wings and many feathers. And behold, this vine did bend her roots toward him and shot forth her branches toward him, that he might water it by the furrows of her plantation. It was planted in a good soil by great waters, that it might bring forth branches, that it might bear fruit, that it might be a goodly vine. Say thou, thus saith the Lord God, shall it prosper? Shall he not pull up the roots thereof, and cut off the fruit thereof, that it wither? It shall wither in all the leaves of her spring, even without great power of many people to pluck it up by the roots thereof. Yea, behold, being planted, shall it prosper? Shall it not utterly wither? When the east wind toucheth it, it shall wither in the furrows where it grew. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Say now to the rebellious house, Know ye not what these things mean? Tell them, Behold, the king of Babylon is come to Jerusalem, and hath taken the king thereof, and the princes thereof, and led them with him to Babylon, and hath taken of the king's seed, and made a covenant with him, and hath taken an oath of him, he that hath also taken the mighty of the land, that the kingdom might be based, that it might not lift itself up, but that by keeping of his covenant it might stand. But he rebelled against him in sending his ambassadors into Egypt, that they might give him horses and much people. Shall he prosper? Shall he escape that doeth such things? Or shall he break the covenant and be delivered? As I live, saith the Lord God, surely in the place where the king dwelleth that made him king, whose oath he despised and whose covenant he brake, even with him in the midst of Babylon, he shall die. Neither shall Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company make for him in the war by casting up mounts and building forts to cut off many persons, seeing he despised the oath by breaking the covenant, when, lo, he had given his land and had done all these things, he shall not escape. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, As I live, surely mine oath that he hath despised and my covenant that he hath broken, even it will I recompense upon his own head. And I will spread my net upon him, and he shall be taken in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon, and will plead with him there for his trespass, that he hath trespassed against me. And all his fugitives with all his hands shall fall by the sword. And they that remain shall be scattered toward all winds, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. 
Thus saith the Lord God, I will also take of thy highest branch of the high cedar, and will set it, and will crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one, and will plant it upon an high mountain, and eminent. In the mountain of the height of Israel will I plant it, and it shall bring forth boughs, and bear fruit, and a goodly cedar, and under it shall dwell all fowl of every wing, in the shadow of the branches thereof shall they dwell." And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree, have exalted the low tree, have dried up the green tree, and have made the dry tree to flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it. Wow, this seems very familiar. Do you need a hint? If you read Second Kings 24, verses 6 through 20, and Second Chronicles 36, verses 8 through 16, also Jeremiah 37, Jeremiah 52, here's what you'll see. The actual circumstances of this riddle are in those chapters. It all centers around the fall of Jerusalem and the deportation of its inhabitants. The interpretation is found in verses 11 through 21. The bottom line is this. Jerusalem will fall. An alliance with Egypt won't help at all. The king will be captured by Babylon and punished. His army will be scattered. But wait, that's not all. There's more. Verses 22 to 24 talk about another twig. As it turns out, this elaborate prophecy of chapter 17 is just another description of that which Ezekiel has been prophesying, and that is the fall of Jerusalem. If you want a comprehensive look at the fall of Jerusalem, see the notes on BibleTalk.org on Jeremiah chapter 52. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.